It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Five. Jeff Patrikas. Whatever. And now. Alongside John Audius, here's Mike Lucas. So, John, by chance, did you see Jim Polzine's article in today's Wisconsin State Journal or at Madison.com? I haven't yet. Why don't Mm. you tell me about it? Okay, I want you to read that, but while you're reading that, I want you to play some sound for us, okay? I want you to play uh, Jonathan. Well, let's go with Tyler Biotich talking about Jonathan Taylor and how JT is like one of the hardest workers ever. And then we'll do uh, JT talking about how playing behind a veteran center like Tyler Biotich with a relatively inexperienced offensive line, how it works. Okay, so those are the two sound bites I want you to play while you take a look at Jim Polzine's article. Okay, and you're gonna have to speed read. I was gonna say I've got like less than a minute to read yes. an article. So you got you got to find it. You got to you have to speed read and then process. As quickly as possible. Can you do that? No. Okay, thank you. At least you're honest. All right. So let's play these two cuts back to back, and then I'll tell you where I'm going after we hear from both Tyler Biotich and Jonathan Taylor. He does a lot of stuff within a game. Like, he has a lot of carries, and he takes a lot of hits, making making guys miss. Like, that's not easy coming back on a Sunday morning. You know, like, that's that's tough. But he prepares well. Um, he takes care of his body really well. Um, but he's prepared. Like, he takes a lot of the reps in practice, too, just to get those fits and to see how the ball's going to spit here or there. So he does a very good job with that. Really huge for Tyler coming back because the, the offensive line has a guy to look up to. And, you know, now the communication between me and Tyler is flowing through him to the rest of the offensive line. So I think that's really important just to, so that we, both of us have a line of communication and he's able to communicate that with the rest of the line. Or if, you know, one of the other offensive linemen have a question, they, they just come to me directly. But just having that line of communication has been real big in case, you know, we have to change anything up. That's important. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of that at your expense. but. This is important, the communication that's developed between Jonathan Taylor and his offensive linemen. And it was huge when Biotic got his NFL evaluation and, and realized that he would be best served by coming back for another year. Because if they had lost Biotic on top of the other losses, I mean, you, let's list them, Michael Dieter, Bo Benshaw, David Edwards, uh, John Dietzen, even Kapoy, who's now a grad assistant, have they lost Biotich, on top of that, I don't know if they could have been as successful up front because he is the anchor. He's the catalyst, an overused word, but nonetheless the catalyst. And it's also important to note that when people ask me about JT23, Jonathan Taylor, I bring up the fact that he is maybe the hardest worker on this team. And when your best player is your hardest worker, that's an unbeatable combination. Unbeatable. So you want to talk about someone being so well-grounded as JT, and then he backs it up by getting into the weight room, by doing things, doing the extra things, by watching more tape. That's why he's the complete package as far as I'm concerned, especially this year because he's added uh, to his repertoire 
by being able to come out of the backfield and catch a few passes. So that being said, I've given you more than ample time to at least scan the Jim Polzine article in today's Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com Sports. And well, what, after- what do you think the message was that I – that I'm sending to you right now. Well, two things. Uh, I'm still filling out a survey to be able to read the content. Oh, you haven't gotten to it yet. And there was a an ad that scanned the entire length of the page with black space. So well, um, I'm not there yet, but I do have the headline, and I'm pretty sure I understand just from the headline alone. What's the headline? Badger's running game has ground to halt in recent meetings with Northwestern. All right. So and what would this be in relationship to? Maybe a discussion we had yesterday? A discussion we had yesterday about how I am going to pick the Badger to cover the spread versus Northwestern in a fancy coffee bet, and uh, you say not so fast. Quit looking ahead. Um, and no, no, wait, no, wait a minute. What was our fa- fancy bet? What was his fancy coffee bet? What did I say that they weren't going to cover the spread? That, I didn't say that. Okay, well, what did what? What do you want to make? No, it, I, I just I was chastising you yesterday for looking ahead. I understand. I said, which is a natural inclination of any fan. Which I'm not upset with you because of that, but I'm just suggesting to you that it can be risky business if you look ahead, especially with Michigan State on this homestand and with Northwestern. I think the whole discussion yesterday revolved around the fact, even though the Wildcats just got crushed by Michigan State, they're a notorious slow-starting team, and they have been in each of the last four seasons. Beyond that, I think my point to you was, when you take a look at this series, this rivalry, and I got the numbers in front of me, over the last 28 games, it's 14 and 14. Over the last 18 games, it's 9 and 9. All right, mm. that's that's how it's broken down. It's it's been one of the better rivalries nobody ever talks about. Can you take it down another level, another five hundred mark? Yeah, over, over the, the last... last four games, it's two and two. two. There it is. All right, so it, if you need that, uh, but sort of falling in line with my narrative was Jim Posey's story today, where Jonathan Taylor's rushed for a hundred or more yards in twenty five of thirty games. Okay. In his two appearances against Northwestern, he's been held under 100 yards. Okay, so obviously those statistics back up your argument not to look past anybody. And I totally understand that. And I think for the players, and I think for the coaches, and I think for the radio analysts, no, you know, that, I understand. that's fine. No, that's not, fine. Don't look ahead. And if you did, I'm not punishing you no, for no, being no, a no, fan. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, um, and if you did, then that's an awful move, and they would never do that. Um, all I was saying yesterday in my one comment that took over the two-hour show, was... Uh, don't, hey. Don't, don't flatter myself yeah, that much. No, yeah, okay. That wasn't that meaningful. Okay, no, it wasn't that meaningful. No. no. Um, all I was saying is, when you take a step back and you look at the big picture, and you see on the schedule, look at the schedule and say, okay, where is the next opportunity for the team to prove that they are college football playoff legit? Or at least try to prove no, okay. to you and, and when i look and that's kind of what i meant i didn't explain it in that way but what i meant is okay michigan was that first test Ooh, oh they crushed no, michigan. you're looking at the at the brand teams that the badgers will be playing uh, michigan was a brand team even though this is not a vintage michigan team ohio state is damn good we all think it's damn good yes uh though i told your buddy mike heller yesterday don't sleep on the Cornhuskers, even though they've gotten off to a rocky start Ohio State travels to Lincoln this weekend, I believe. And by was, the way, I don't know if it's good or bad, but Heller agrees with me. Well, the, the next, that's, the that's next big bad. test is okay. But no, here, you know, I agree with you. The next really supreme brand test is at Ohio State. Te- of course, it is. But I, but, but I, Mich- don't Michigan State, despite the loss to Arizona State, has maybe as good a defense as anyone in this league, including Wisconsin, which you know will, will be tested 
by better teams as the season progresses. So all I'm saying to you, John, it's fine to be a fan, okay? Okay. And I'm I'm looking, you know, I, I, I see that Ohio State game for the same things that you see that Ohio State game for. However, all I'm pointing out is that in this series between Northwestern, some weird stuff has happened over the years. And that's why it's so even. And I get that. And I and I I'm I, I understand that and those numbers are actually a little bit more eye opening. I mean, if, were you aware of the fact that JT had not rushed for over a hundred yards in two games against Northwestern's Mike Hankowitz, the venerable Mike Hankowitz, who will be celebrating his seventy second birthday this December? I did not have that at the top of my mind. I did not know that at the stat. In, you know, his, in my long, brain. his longest run against Northwestern in two games is eleven yards. I did not know ah, that. Did you know that? I did not know that. Did you know that he fumbled twice in last year's game? The last um, time he's fumbled as a Badger. I probably could have pulled huh? that one out. But here's um, here's the other thing, and you're right, and those things do factor in, especially the recency of those statistics. I get it. I just think but this, Look, let me be honest. I just people have said, you're a fool, Lucas. Yes, I am. I understand why they're a 21-point favorite, too. Understand that? Understand that? Okay, good. And I will still... I mean, if you want to... Are we doing a fancy coffee bet? But on what? I'm not going to bet against the Badgers. I can't bet. I can't even bet for the Badgers. That's not my role as a color analyst with the team. Okay, right, right. How about this? How about I think about it? I'm constructing the bet in my head. I, I don't think it's bettable. That's not bettable? No. Okay. You know, I, I hope Wisconsin beats the crap out of Northwestern on Saturday. Yeah, we both are. Yeah, right? we both agree on that. All I'm saying, just slow down here a little bit. Just, you know, just don't be talking Buckeyes yet. You don't have to start talking Buckeyes yet, all right? All right, well, coming up next, we've got our biggest keys to watch, Wisconsin and Ohio State. Let's break down that matchup with the Buckeyes. Top three. That's all. I mean, it's good to be excited. Those are good. Those are good numbers, Lukey. I'm not going to. I would never dissuade anyone from being excited as a fan. Right. Passion. No. I want you to have passion. Have some passion, John. With some knowledge. Eh. That kind of defeats the idea of being a fan if you have if you're really thinking about stuff logically mm. and or with knowledge, doesn't it? Well, then you're a fanatic. The, it's not in the description of a fan. A fan is a fanatic. And I get that, but I think, yeah. I look Did at we it. settle anything with this segment? I get fan is short for fanatic, but I think fanatic takes it a step further than fan nowadays. Like, I think you can separate the two All words. Right. All right. We probably should. I want to play a cut from Pat Fitzgerald, okay? He ain't real happy with his critics, is he? Did you hear? listen to this soundbite yet? I don't know oh, which I saw one it yesterday have. on Twitter. I, yeah, saw, I have the 28-second one. Oh, he's about, testy because his team isn't playing well. Now, the good but one. They've I have got a good ex- one. They've got experience not playing well early in the season, and then they come on like gangbusters. We'll talk about that. We have uh, Tom Silverstein talk Packers and Eagles Thursday night. Don't forget about that. Spoon will join us 7.15. Jeff Patrick is 7.45. All of that and much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. just take 90 hours and play Wii and golf all week. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I, I go into every game plan expecting it to work, to be quite honest with you. I, I understand there's 40,000 experts on Twitter that can call plays for me, so my email address is hashtag I don't care. Okay, so shoot that out. We got to be better, uh, and we're going to work to be better. So anybody that's negative, I respect it, and I don't care. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. That was Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald. I really like Pat Fitzgerald. I loved him as a player, even though 
He helped Northwestern break Wisconsin's hearts a few times. Love him as a coach. I think he's one of the really great coaches in college football. I'm serious about that. Uh, he's not in a good mood right now. Uh, he's not feeling really good about his football team after the Spartans came in and trashed the Wildcats. So he got a question at his press conference yesterday about his offense and what's working and what's not. And you kind of could tell there he didn't really respect the question and or the questioner maybe because he left him with a hashtag, I don't really care or I really don't care. What I don't was that care. hashtag? Hashtag I don't care. And I love this soundbite. I love that if you push the buttons of the wrong coach, they're going to end up yelling at you or something like that. That was his way of not yelling. He came up with a smart-ass answer, right? I loved it. And I love the fact that that isn't how email works, but he still went with it. Yep. Like, yep. you can email me at hashtag I don't care. How, how are you going to do that? He made his point, didn't he? No, but he made that, his that, point. That was the whole thing. And you know that's going to be trending on Twitter. Sure. Hashtag I don't care. He's, so, just, he's like one of them, along with Paul Chris, really, really respected coaches in this league for just the way they are, for the people they are. They're different personalities, obviously. Um, but I, I think Paul respects Fitzgerald, and Fitzgerald respects Paul. I mean, something's working. He's been there, what, 14 oh, years? yes. It's, he's, a, he's a damn good coach. He's, he's, a, yeah. he's had chances to leave. But, you know, he played there. He gave his heart and soul to the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. He's a damn good linebacker. So the Big Ten Network uh, had put out that video as well with the, the quote on there. My email address is hashtag I don't care, okay? So shoot out that. And then Pat Fitzgerald <laughs> uh, posted a screenshot. It's fake. Of uh, a male icon on your phone with 99,976 unread messages. He's, and he writes, that'll be the last time I give my email out on camera. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So that was Fitzgerald held his press conference yesterday in Evanston. Paul Christ had his press conference here in Madison. And again, responding to John Adias, looking ahead to Ohio State. What did what did Paul have to say? These are all good things the guys got to go through and learn. And, you know, the older guys got to help the younger guys. And, and we all got to help each other, but you really you want to make the most of each moment. You know, if you're playing the game, the goal everyone wants to win. But the best part is playing the game. So if all you're worried about was the end of the game, you'd miss the best part. And it's the same thing with the season. All right, I thought he was going to say we haven't won anything yet. I, that's it's, the, it's, it's labeled that way, yeah, because that fits my lead in more so than what he had but to say the there. there. But I liked what he said there. Yeah, the end there is, you know, you don't worry about the end of the game. Right. Just like you don't worry about the end of the season. I like the way he put it. Yeah. I mean, for people like you, <laughs> who just, as, just want to, as, whatever, you want to fast it. forward love, through the season, live in the okay. damn moment. For, for number one, I'm not that guy. That was, all I was doing was once again pointing out what I believe That's is. That's the problem. With everybody can go to tape now and just <laughs> skip every, over everything to get to where they want to be without going through the process of getting to where you want to be. Right, and I understand that. From a coaching and player's perspective, it is 100% spot on. All I'm saying is, when you look at the big picture, the next big step for the Badgers, if everything goes to plan, there's a lot of qualifiers here, is October 26th against Ohio State. All right, I'll take your word on it. (laughs) A lot of coaches are having moments. And And why are you getting on fans for being excited? I'm not. I told you in the last segment, were you listening to me? You're like Vogue. You don't listen to me. <laughs> well, I, I told you. I said I want fans out of to books. be passionate. I know you want them to be passionate, but then you chastise. Let's say there is a fan. I'm not saying that's me. Let's that's say there you. is a fan that's like, oh, I can't wait for October 26th. But I, I want you to be passionate, but I don't want you to miss 
steps along the way. They're enjoy the miss. journey, man. Gonna it's enjoy a journey. The, they're going to enjoy the journey. No, you're, already, you're already in Columbus. No. Yes. Park your vehicle in Madison until the end of this homestand, okay? It's like being excited you're when on you the look. Road. It's like being excited when you look on a schedule for like basketball and you see Duke, you're like, ooh, this will sure. be this will be a proven hey, type of game. It. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Just circle it in your mind. Okay, well, circle it, look ahead, however you want to describe it with pencil. That's uh, a good yes. We're talking about with pencil, yes. Coaches are having they're they're having their moments. And we were talking about Freddie Kitchens after the Browns loss, it's like, oh, it's me. I bad call here. Shouldn't call a draw here. Should have done this. Should have done. Pete Carroll yesterday after, after the you know the Seahawks just got crushed. Well, it was, the score doesn't look like it, 33-27 by New Orleans. But they, they, they were out of that game early. Pete Carroll says, I've got some questions of myself. I've got to do better. I've got to coach better. Right? It's like, what? You're having these epiphanies. I, I'm not used to my coaches having epiphanies, epiphanies during the right? season. During yeah, week three. don't do that. It's not very coach-like. Uh, last night I, I tried to watch Monday Night Football. It's impossible. I'm telling you. I, first, I, I've got a bias. I, I can't stand Booger. Or is, is, you can't stand Booger? I can't stand Booger. Oh. Uh, just, he just drives me nuts. Okay. Uh, and I'm not a real big fan of the Bears. They drive me nuts. But I tried watching some of the games. One of the first highlights, though, involved former Packer. You got that to play for us? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pick six. A pick six. Pick a former six. Packer. Who? Who? Third down and ten at the twenty-yard line, Redskins territory. They go trips to the right side. Off scattered shotgun snap is back. Bears and a stunt with Mac. Here's the throw down the side. Oh, it Intercepted is. and it's taken away by the Bears. Ha ha! Clinton Dix on the run inside the ten to the five. He is in for the touchdown. Pick six. Bears on the board and lead it six nothing. Did you notice where he inserted that? Ha ha! Was that on purpose? Ha 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 I don't know. Trubisky last night, man, he was he was good. First half alone, he was twenty of twenty three for one seventy three, three touchdowns. To Taylor Gabriel uh, finished Trubisky twenty five thirty one. Uh, your guy Case Keenum just short of garbage. Thirty of forty three, three thirty two was he counted for five turnovers. Yeah, that's so not he good. threw three picks and fumbled, lost two fumbles. That's not good. You think that's not good? It's not good. That's ugly. I, it's one of those games where I tuned in. I'm like, oh. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It's okay. And then I looked back up. I'm like, oh, it's a little Pretty bit unwatchable. more. And then I'm like, I, why am I watching it? Why is this game even on? Okay, I can't tell. It's Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland. Just sorry. Can't handle them, but that's my problem, not yours. Uh, did I say ugly? Yeah. Why don't we come up with the good, the bad, the ugly next on Lucas in the Morning? But all these people all around cripple with. But I'm so to swear.
the good. How can this be happening? It was just getting good. The bad. He's a bad man. The ugly. It was ugly. Really ugly. Let's get this party started! <laughs> Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adius and what amounts to one of the most unwieldy segments that we put together every week. And that's because neither one of us can edit. So we have more material than we possibly need, and much of it is just worthless. All right, so there's your lead-in. How's that? Does that get you excited for Woo! what's next? Let's do it. All right, let's go, baby! Bring it on! Let's start with, I got a great. Did you say you had a great, too? Um. Yeah, I had a great. What, yep. well, you go first. Sir. What's your great? Uh, my great was at least one million dollars will go to the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's oh, Hospital. Man. That's great. Thanks to the efforts of an Iowa State fan and his need for beer. Remember this story? Yeah, we yeah, had the story yeah. of Carson King, it. yeah, who had a fundraising campaign for the hospital after his sign on college game day went viral. He listed his Venmo as a place where people can send money to someone, and um, Bush beer matched what was raised, and basically. It came out to $1 million. That guy, that one sign, raised $1 million. That's mind-boggling. It's crazy. It's insane. See, people, it became contagious when people realized they were doing a good thing by donating. This was a way to donate to the children's hospital while having a little fun with it. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Yes. That is great. Well, I, I mean, I think it started as a guy just looking to get attention. He was looking to get some beer money. He didn't expect to get... No, a million I, what, dollars. Didn't I, didn't I read someplace, well, I get maybe 40, 50 bucks? Yeah. They could pull that out and he could go buy a couple cases. Uh, the hospital said the staff's minds are blown by great. all the generosity. Here's my great. I don't know if you were going to have this for a good or a great. This, the, the Nelson Aguilar story with the Eagles? That's my good. Go, well, let's share, we'll, we'll share it. Go ahead. You set it up. You set it up better than me because I, I think it's a great, great story. Go ahead. I, I think we are on the same page. Are we talking about the, the guy, the fan? Who was catching babies out of a burning house? Right, right. So there was a... Now, the, the, that one just... It's another mind boggler. So some dude is in, in Philadelphia, right? Yes. The house is, is on fire and people are throwing the... The baby's out of the windows of this house, and he's catching them? Catching children and other things. Well, here's the man who is witness to it all, and then listen to the shade that he throws at Aguilar, or Aguilar but it, it gets better. Take a listen. I've seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming that his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door, see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and then I was greeted with smoke. I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up, and ironically, being my, one of my, ex, my old coworkers, Took the ladder off the off the truck, raised it up, and was assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. Wow. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. Okay, there you go. You had to stick that in there. And I, I pointed out yesterday, the Eagles had seven drops in their loss to the Lions. Seven. So this is a big Eagles fan. So while in the midst of catching babies being thrown out of a burning house, he's thinking, damn, Eagles. <laughs> Unlike Aguilar. Aguilar. Damn, Aguilar. And Aguilar on Twitter yeah, 11 hours part. ago says, thank you for being a hero in the community. Would like to invite you and your family to the next home game. Twitter, help me out and get me in touch with him. How sweet is that? <laughs> but Unlike just the, the whole picture of this is a guy standing on the sidewalk catching babies out of a window. Catching you babies. Somehow and... get Aguilar involved in there, how Aguilar kept dropping passes. 
It's, Thank God it wasn't a baby he dropped. <laughs> it's what? so funny. It was such a funny line, it too, was. to be in it that was. situation and, and everything's and okay. Perfect yeah. response from Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, a couple of quick goods. Uh, I know we're falling behind here. Uh, Reggie Pearson uh, was guilty of uh, headhunting a little bit. Uh, it was a target. It was clear-cut targeting in Saturday's No question about it with, with McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, that night, uh, Reggie Pearson tweeted to McCaffrey, I wish you nothing but the best and hope you're doing okay. Never my intent to slow down the big things you have ahead of you. God bless. I that thought was nice. that was that was that was nice. Was it that he went out of his way? Yes. Um, he was in error. Look, he was. There's no doubt about it. Do the you other, think somebody gets in his ear and says that, or do you think that's all him? Like I maybe have, somebody. No, I don't know him really well, but I've done a couple of interviews with Reggie, mm-hmm. um, and I, I talked to with his dad for a story I wrote on Reggie. I think that was probably initiated by his dad, okay, in conjunction with Reggie, because he's a, he's. Look, he grew up with most of these Michigan guys. He's got two cousins who play for the Wolverines. All right, so I mean, he grew up in Inkster, Michigan. I don't think it was his intention at all. His intention—he's a big thumper. Yeah. That's what he is. He's a big thumper. He wanted but he to knew lay he, a hit. But you know, you're going at those high speeds. That's got to be eliminated. You got to condition yourself to it. Now, the other good is for Alex Hornibrook. Uh, James Blackman, the starter for Florida State, was injured in the third quarter on Saturday. Hornibrook came in and threw for like 255 yards. Uh, they're, they're Florida State's down 24-21. Hornibrook completed six straight passes wow. for 112 yards. Um, looks like he could be the starter in their next game. So this was his first action, really, uh, for the Seminoles. And I always liked Alex. Yeah. I mean, he didn't fit here towards the end. He had some monster games, obviously, including sure. that MVP of the Orange Bowl. So great record. good for yeah. Reggie Pearson, good for Alex Hornibrook. What do you got for a good? Well, uh, that was my good. I had a great and a good, but I do have a bad, I believe, and Go or ahead. however you want to qualify it, bad and or ugly, um, is that some fans are getting on Tom Brady. Do you hear this? Oh. Yeah, because his team was up 23 points over the Jets in the fourth quarter Sunday. And I don't know if you caught this, but Brady managed to put fans on the edge of their seat. When he tried to throw a block, he threw his body at Jamal Adams, uh, Adams, that is, up 23 on a running play. And fans were uh, upset thinking that was not a good play. It was perhaps a bad play to put your superstar quarterback, the greatest quarterback of all time, to go block. All right, or at least so maybe the decision. It could get ugly, ugly at the University of Kansas. They've received uh, notice of allegations from the NC2A, level one violations, primarily linked to recruiting and a lack of institutional control. Um, also a responsibility charge leveled against Bill Self. I think they're going to finally catch, the posse is going to finally catch the Jayhawks. We'll wait and see, though. I ain't holding my breath. And also in that bad to ugly category, uh, University of South Carolina isn't accepting a local newspaper's apology for a headline that they deemed unaccept- unacceptable. Really? Uh, the state newspaper based in Columbia, South Carolina, ran a headline in Sunday's paper that read, Helinski Hope Sinks. Well, here's the problem. Helinski Hope is the foundation the Helinski family created in honor of Tyler Helinski, Ryan Helinski's brother. Ryan is a quarterback in South Carolina who committed suicide in January 2018 when he was a quarterback of Washington State. So, all of a sudden, the implication here, what are you doing? The headline linked a Gamescock loss to a foundation created in honor of, of the quarterback's brother. Right? Just mm. messy. That, that's ugly. Isn't that ugly? It'd be ugly. you got to think about that. Yeah. If you're a headline writer, you go, Linsky hopes sink. So, that's clever. Let's run with it. Aren't you aware of that name of the foundation? Linsky's hope is the foundation. Yeah. Controversial headline. Hmm.
How bad is that, John? It's ugly. All right. Well, we covered a lot of bases with that segment. I like that we had great, bad, and ugly. Yeah, I do think because sometimes there are great. Yeah, that that apply. Uh, when we come back, Brewers didn't play last night, but a couple other teams did. Noteworthy results. That's next on Lucas in the Morning. Balls hit deep to right center field. Backing up is the right fielder to the track, to the wall. Big fly, Paul Goldschmidt. His 100th home run in this ballpark. And everybody, Cardinal fans and Diamondback fans, are enjoying this moment for Paul Goldschmidt. Now the payoff pitch, swung on, hit deep to right field. Harper turns and watches. Going, going, gone. Second deck to the left of the bullpen. A long home run for Adam Eaton. Welcome back. Lucas in the morning with John Audius. It's all about scoreboard watching now for you and your Milwaukee Brewers who finally got a day off. Finally got a day off. Uh, Goldie returns to Arizona in fine fashion. Hits a home run. Cardinals top the D-backs 9-7. I gave you the heads up on Goldie. And the cards long ago, did I not, John? You did, like long ago, two months ago, it I seems. Said, Look out for Goldie. He's Look out for the cards. Uh, that other soundbite was Adam Eaton uh, getting the Nationals off to a fast start. Uh, they beat the Phillies 7-2, to two, reduced their magic number to three. Um, the Nationals are like a half a game ahead of the Brewers for that number one wild card slot. Uh, it could come down. It looks right now it's going to come down to Milwaukee and Washington. It's just a matter of where they're going to play the game. Yep. All right, where yep. they're going to play the game. Adam Eaton, for for the record, uh, hit his uh, career-high 15th home run last night, and it was his second three-hit game in three days. Over the last three games, he's 7 for 14. So, uh, you know, i got to start paying attention a little bit to the to the lineups for a team like Washington. How does Milwaukee match up with the Nationals? Yeah. And who are they going to see in that, in, the, in that wild card game? Will it be Scherzer? Uh, right? Will it be Scherzer? I think will it be Strasburg? Who, who's it, who are they going to get? And will the Brewers open up with whom? Who, who are the Brewers going to throw? Woodruff. Woodruff? For how, about make... how many innings? Are you going to manage the game? Because he's not going to be able to go. What, is like his third start? So you you start so with Woodruff if that's what it comes down to. A lot of questions left to be answered. Uh, Bob Nightingale's a columnist, baseball columnist for USA Today. Uh, one of better voices. In, in in baseball, uh, well credentialed, uh, well respected. Um, the headline at his opinion piece was "Cubs Weekend Meltdown Officially Signals the End of the Joe Madden Era." Uh, he writes, "Joe Madden, who had a sensational five-year run in Chicago, will be gone, with a few of the coaches headed out the door. The entire team, outside of shortstop Javi Baez, catcher Wilson Contreras, and starter Kyle Hendricks, could be placed on the trade block." Jeez. Uh, by the time they show up in Mesa, Arizona for spring training in February, this team may barely be recognizable to the one that won the 2016 World Series. It's humiliating to have the highest payroll in the National League, which will require them to pay a luxury tax and completely miss the playoffs. Their payroll dwarfs the Cardinals and now, the Brewers. How do you feel about this, Lukey? Because obviously, forget the the fandom. Take the the Milwaukee, the Wisconsin perspective out of it. Do you give up on a team that three years ago 
won the World Series when they're still winning like above 500 and have the opportunity to win what? You know, they're not going to make the playoffs. Probably not. But yeah, why, do, why do you when, give up on a team? You do that's have to make, win? I think you, they got stale there. They have to, they just need a whole fresh approach. Uh, Theo suggested as much a couple of weeks ago when he said it's been uninspiring baseball for most of the season. Too mediocre for his taste. So why would you give up on the whole team and not just change the well, structure of just take Madden out of the equation and see I if think that works? Chris Bryant's going to be a free agent. Um, you can only keep one of the two, Bryant or Baez. You want to keep Baez because he brings more to the table. Uh, Chris Bryant seems a little soft to me. He just he just does. Uh, this this falls more on Theo. We talked about it yesterday. He he didn't help Madden at all um, with with the bullpen, and that was that was the biggest. The biggest Achilles heel for the Cubs. I mean, they went out and they gave all that money to Kimbrel, and there was nothing left in Kimbrel. And one of the reasons why nobody else signed Kimbrel, and you saw him melt down mm-hmm. in incredible fashion, including last Saturday. I mean, just take a look at the difference in the bullpens between what the Cubs had to deal with and like the Brewers, mm-hmm. whose bullpen has been just short of sensational uh, down the stretch during the run that they've made. I mean, undefeated for that matter. I mean, it's really, it falls on that bullpen, which has done so well. I guess uh, I, I, I kind of look at it from a historical context, and I, 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 I understand things need to be shaken up. I don't know if the whole, the, the way you talked about that, it seemed like the whole thing was going to be blown up. It almost sounds like it, doesn't instead it? Instead of just little pieces here and there. And, and the reason I say that is how hard, how difficult is it to get a team that can win 97, 103, 92, 95. Is it that easy just to snap your fingers, put out payrolls, and get a whole brand new team that does that? I don't think it is. That's why I when you when I heard that they're going to blow it up, to me that seems like, I don't know if you should blow that well, thing no, up. We go back to what Nightingale wrote. He said it was a sensational five-year run by Madden. Okay, we, that's, okay. that's in the books. Yeah, you can't take five that years, away from yeah. him. But I, I think it got stale. Um, and that's on Theo, and it's on Madden. It's on the players who didn't produce. I mean, the, the one gamer I thought was Rizzo, and he played hurt. I, I didn't see that out of Bryant. And their pitching was bad, but that personnel wasn't good enough. The starting pitching was fine, though Hamels, you know, dealt with injuries, and Darvish got off to a poor start. But the bullpen, there was no bullpen. There were just terrible pitchers in their bullpen. And that's why they, they panicked and signed Kimbrell, three-year contract, and he's horrible. I mean, he's, he's nowhere close to being where he was. And that started last year. He started to deteriorate last year. I mentioned the Brewers bullpen. All right, so Milwaukee goes fifteen and two over the last seventeen games. Mm-hmm. The relief core was eleven and zero with a two point three seven ERA, nine Dang. saves, and opponents were hitting one seventy seven. Huh? If not for huh? the Brewers pitching, huh? I saw that. Do you see the flip side, the the batting stats since the Elich injury? Basically, have you seen those stats? Like, all, oh yeah, they're, they're they're awful. Yeah, they're awful. But the it, pitching staff is saving them. It goes down to the the run differential. If you looked at just run differential with some of these teams, you'd go, "How are the Brewers doing what they're doing?" Correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm just I'm looking at the, they're a minus two in run differential versus the Cubs who are a plus one eleven. <laughs> How's that? Right. That a is, minus two versus a plus that makes one eleven. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Well, that's baseball, though. We'll give it to Mike Hiller. Well, that's baseball. It is. Because right, we you get out of here. That. We're late. We're yeah. late. We're late. We're oh, late. We got ticket. Uh, we got Tom Silverstein at seven fifteen. Jeff Patrick at seven forty-five. Brian Posick joins us. Top of the hour on Lucas in the morning.
Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You said it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you, Eddie. Did I get a judge's interpretation on Linda McCartney, who would have been 78 today? She passed away in 1998. Did she play with wings? Um, I don't know. All right. Should I look it up? Yeah, because I, I was unsure of that. I, I just, Let's just say yes. No, you want to be right. Okay. Uh, while you're looking that up, Casey Robach, former Wisconsin offensive center, 42 years old today. Casey played on a heck of an offensive line. Chris McIntosh was the left tackle. Billy Ferrario, Dave Coster were the guards. And Aaron Gibson was the right tackle one year. Then Tausch, Mark Tauscher, another year. One of the best lines ever assembled school history. Go ahead, John. Uh, the McCartneys shared an Oscar nomination for co-composition of the song Live and Let Die. All right. So, good yeah. Cu- good timing, huh? How about that? Good timing, indeed. All right. I'm not sure what I had next on the list. Did I have a little love boat going here? You had up next the love boat theme. Yeah. Okay, because on this date, September 24th, 1977, Love Boat debuted on ABC. The theme song was sung by blank blank. Um, no idea. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this is interim instrumental. No, they'll start singing soon. Jack Jones will start singing. Jack Jones. Love. That's him. That's him. That's the dude. Exciting. Uh, it was written by Paul Williams, the song. I was going to say Jack Jones, though. That was Are you really. Yep. I think Paul Williams wrote it. Did you right? ever watch that? Did you ever watch The Love Boat? Never. I mean, I know of it. I've never watched it. All right. That's right. I'm, not, I'm a real big fan of this song. This is, this is where we're supposed to make the Minnesota Vikings joke. Oh, I get it. Go Anytime. Ahead. You, since you're a Vikings fan. I don't fan. know. I don't know. So, mention the Vikings Did here. Did Dante Culpepper still get that joke? Adam? Do you think Culpepper was part of that Love Boat, wasn't he? <sighs> Probably. I don't remember everybody on it. Well, you're a Vikings fan. Why wouldn't you remember it? Was Why would I want to remember your, that? You got a lot of bleak moments in your past, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, I don't want to. It's Fred Smoot was the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, Culpepper was there. Good. All yeah. right, get out of this song. Let's go to Sticks. Sticks. Did I have that down on my list? Sure, I did. It's September 24th, 1977. So same year. All right, same year that Love Boat debuted on ABC. This song was released by Sticks. Come sail away, John! Inspired by the love boat? No, it has nothing to do with the love boat. Why are they sailing? Don't know. Uh, me and Joe Green is 73 today. Hey, Cat! Catch! The Coke commercial. Oh, yeah. I got one! Finally. I don't know if that was what even a question. What number did he wear? Come on, John. I don't know. 95. 75. Name the other members of the Steel Curtain. I can't. Not even one? 
Don't look it up. Why do you make me look bad on the air every day? LC, hey, John, here's... LC a, blank. I'm going to start asking you trivia questions from fine. now. LC and then, blank. Ernie blank. Dwight blank. LC Greenwood. Ernie Holmes. Dwight White. There you go. Gave you the answers. Eddie George, 46. What number did he wear, John? 27. Yes! You got hey, one! Hey, a more recent question that I'm able to answer. First round pick. Titans? Yes. Tommy Frazier. Oh, no, he, uh, was Wait. he a first round pick? Yes, uh, he was. He was know. a Heisman Trophy winner in 95. Who was second in that voting? Tommy Frazier, you went to got that. Peyton Manning was a sophomore. He was six. Let's move on. I wouldn't have gotten those answers either. I'm honest with you. Come on, man. Uh, this is in your wheelhouse, too. Minnesota native, former Minnesota native. Oh native. On September 24th, 1982, Prince released. Oh. What did he release? I got this one. What did he release? I got this one. It's one of his great songs, isn't it? 1982, huh? Yeah. Uh, one last birthday I would have been. Jim Henson would have been. 83 today. Henson okay. passed away at, what, at the age of, the too young age of 53. So your favorite Muppet. Here's your list. I'll give you some options. Kermit, Fozzie Bear, Scooter, Gonzo, Miss Piggy, Rolf the Dog. A Fozzie Bear I will go with. And I, I'm... I'm with him. Can too. I be I'm, honest I'm about the Muppets? Yeah, go ahead. Not a huge fan. Why not? You got a young girl, young child. I think there are. I I I can't sit down and watch anything Muppets related. Really? It annoys me. Yeah, but I don't why? know what it is. But why? I don't know. I just I don't find it entertaining. I find it silly and weird. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Not sure, I, I'm Although, not sure you're a majority. A no, I'm not. I, I I'm not saying I am. But I mean, Sesame Street I think we've is uncovered okay. something in your personality here. I just don't like. It wasn't it. my intention to. What? Deep dive. Is that what hell? What does it say? What is deep yeah, dive? Deep What's dive it? and thumbnails. What does this? What does this say about me? Then you I'm tell not me. Quite sure. We'll ask Brian Posick next on Lucas in the Morning. Hey, patrons, the work week's moving right along. Welcome to Tuesday. And welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Now you get it every Tuesday. On today's extravaganza, a couple of our buddies from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel at JS Online. At 7.15, it's Spoon Tom Silverstein. And at 7.45, the hater, Jeff Patrikas. Whatever. And now, alongside John Audius. Here's Mike Lucas. If you weren't with us minutes ago, John Adius confessed to having a deep hatred for the Muppets. Born out of I don't know what. If a frog once spooked you as a youngster, not quite sure. Fingers up in the air. Brian Posick joins us. Go ahead. Tell us what this is all about. Well, I, I draw a distinction, by the way, between the Muppets and Sesame Street. I know there's some crossover there. I can tolerate Sesame Street, but the Muppets and their movies and everything about them, I can't stand. I find that strange. I just... It, what do you think, Brian? Yep, you're strange. It's not entertaining to me. Yeah. Like, Sesame Street is fine. I can tolerate that. It's entertaining to you? I can tolerate that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the Muppets, that's I, I, it's boring. This came up because Jim Henson would have been eighty three today. Okay, and I just pointed out, so okay, well, who's your favorite Muppet yeah. of all time? Was it Kermit? Fozzie Bear, Scooter, Gonzo, I like, Piggy. Yeah, I like the drummer. Is that Gonzo? Who's the drummer? The guy with uh, the mani- ratty, his, uh, ratty red hair? I want to say Maniac. Yeah, he was What's my his favorite. Name? Or the two old guys in the balcony. They were pretty funny. Well, one of them's running for president. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the Democratic. Animal. Ticket. Animal, that's right. They kind of remind me of, of you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Animal I and the two guys in the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to play a little Kermit there, John, or what? Kermit, Kermit oh, yeah, the yeah, Frog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you hate Kermit the Frog? I don't understand it. Goodness. (laughs) Never said I... You know... It's not easy being green. (laughs) Having to spend each day the color of the leaves. See, this to me is not entertaining. What do you do to piss you off, man? I know, right? I don't know. Yeah. Remember what, what uh, the original Muppets? I think John Denver was in that movie. Really? Right? Yeah, I think so. What ruined the Muppets was Miss Piggy. Oh, really? I think so. Totally. Why? She drove me. I just couldn't stand her. Just couldn't See, stand her. See, okay. Kind of like uh, uh, Scooby, it's when Scooby-Doo introduced the little miniature Scooby oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo. Ruined it. Done. So, okay, Done. that feeling you have for Miss Piggy yes. is how I feel about all the Muppets. Okay. Just, so that's just okay. to try to relate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have that. I have, I have concerns about clowns. I've always been freaked by clowns, but yeah. not Muppets. Yeah. Yes, you too? I don't like clowns. You've seen the movie It? No, that looks spooky. But yeah, it's pretty spooky. Both of them. All right, get it c- cut okay. on Kermit. Okay. Let's go. We'll, we'll segue neatly now from Kermit to Craig Council. <laughs> Do we have a soundbite from Craig Council? Yeah, I just got to scroll up here because yeah, okay. I move from page that. to Nothing awkward page. about that, is it? No, not at all. That was smooth, Mike. Yeah. Nice Ryan thing. Braun, right? We'll throw in Ryan Braun here, too? Sure, whatever. Speaking of Muppets. I don't know. Oh! I don't know what that means. Called Ryan Brown, a Muppet. I don't know what that means. The character's always been there. I think just how we've approached this time of the year, when you you get your backs up against the wall, you know you got to be darn near perfect, and that's what you achieve. Like that's to be commended. Yeah, I think we've done a really good job of just staying present, of believing in ourselves. I mean, it's just a, a relentless pursuit of victory, day in and day out. So it's special. It's really cool what we've been able to accomplish, but it's not easy to do. All right, so John got. All bothered by numbers again. He gets into the he math. He does, yeah, right. So the the Brewers are ten and two without Gelich. Yep. Uh, during that stretch of twelve games, mm-hmm. uh, the pitching staffs allowed thirty five runs. Ten came in one game. So in the other eleven games, yeah, uh, opponents have been averaged two point two seven per outing, which good. falls in line mm-hmm. what. John wanted to bring up is that they haven't hit the ball well. They have not hit the ball without no. Gelich. That's what they're around 200 as a team, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's gone up, but mm-hmm. uh, according to uh, Wall Street Journal, they just did a, a thing on this. Um, 220 batting average, and their OPS has dropped 50 points since the Yelich mm. injury. You would think that wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know well, what they've pitching done? Pitching has though, been so good. The pitching's so been really good. good, and then they've come up with some clutch hits along the way too. Which they had not been doing. Well, the guy Timely we just heard hitting. from Ryan Braun. Exactly yeah. right. Well, exactly. He was in a major slump before he hit the grand slam in right. St. Louis. When right. he was like yep. two of twenty-eight or Eric something. Eric Thames had been struggling, but he had a couple the other days. So it just um, once again solidifies the fact that pitching wins in baseball. It does, and uh, yeah. that's what's helped the Brewers during the stretch. That and the the schedule, of and course. Statistics don't mean jack. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, and then the ability to counsel to to maneuver with his bullpen. Yeah. I mean. And we pointed this out earlier over the last 17 games, 11 and 0 out of the relief core. Yeah. 11 and 0, they're 11 and 0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you have enough there's a trust 
factor there for and he's for counsel. He's putting so much pressure on the opposing manager to make the corresponding move yeah. when he makes those bullpen So moves. maybe one of those links in the bullpen does not have a good game or mm-hmm. good night or good outing, like whatever Matt that Albers entails. Like a one, yeah. or Ray Black or whatever. Or Peralta so, in their last game right, right, on right. Sunday. Yep. But everybody else picks up the slack. Right, and that's happened. So now you got Cincinnati and Sonny Gray, who's been ridiculously Well, they get Castillo good. and Gray, so they start with yep. Gray? Right. Those they are two quality starters. Oh, no question about it. And the Reds can hit the ball. And so, and that's a ballpark that's conducive to scoring runs, yes. as is Coors Field. So maybe the offense gets going here a little bit the last six games. But Washington won last night, so they're up a half game, and they've got a game in hand on the, uh, the Brewers, much, too. And then the Cardinals won, too, so they're up three and a half. How much stock do you put into a home field advantage in a one-game wild card playoff? Yeah, I, Do you think that means a lot? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think in, in – Especially, usually it's a tight game, so you want the last at bat if it's if it's right. even or you're down. No, I mean you know? that it makes sense. Because some sports you go look at, well, there's not a home ice advantage yeah, or, but, a home but you, you, or home field or home court. I think the Brewers have a home field advantage at Miller Park because of the fans. They drew 2.9 this year, and they were top yeah, five in Major League Baseball in attendance. And the only teams that beat them were the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, and another big market team. Those are the only uh, who else? Dodgers, Cubs, who you Yankees, and uh, gosh, I can't remember who the other one was. Make it up. Nevertheless, yeah, Marlins. <laughs> There's uh, just, there, that's definitely the no, Marlins. No, 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 it wasn't the Marlins. Well, no. I was thinking about this too. Like, yeah, I can't remember. Is well, it that important to sure get everything you oh, do Cardinals. for the program? The Cardinals. Okay, the same Cardinals, cards. Yeah. Was it that? Is it that important to get the top wild card? And then you just look at the numbers, and of course, it's that important. Yeah. You're, oh, yeah. You're you're a below 500 team on the road. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they've been very good at home. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely an advantage to be at home. Yes, I mean, so yes, you could, yes. Well, okay, now let's take it one step further. So you figure Washington would open up with Scherzer or Strasburg. Right, or right? Corbin. Corbin's pretty good, yeah. too, but, but it depends so you on got, how the, the you got rotation some Yep, the rotation stacks If you're up. the Brewers, mm-hmm. do you go by committee? So you open maybe with Woodruff and let yeah. him pitch three to four and then go right. to the bullpen? So Woodruff went Sunday. So that means he would probably go again on Friday. So conceivably, it could be on out a Tuesday. Bit. Could be Tuesday. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, the, it's worked twice now with Gonzalez following him up. Although Jackson came out first on Sunday, and then Gonzalez after that, it's worked. It's worked. And yeah. you just have to win one game to advance. Right, right. right. You get to play the Dodgers. Well, this is fun. So what? So I, I, what? I would look forward to that because the Dodgers have some issues at, oh, in no their question. bullpen, yeah. too. Yeah, if you can keep it close, you can beat Plus them at they the end of the game. they haven't had to be competitive for how long? For a month and a half, at least. I don't think you can just turn no, it on I and agree. turn it off, John. I agree. And they're the Dodgers, <laughs> well, too. you do it every they're day. They're the Dodgers, too. When was the last time they won the World Series? When was Series? the last time John turned way. it on? Huh? Yeah. When was the last time? Go ahead, John. I'd have to think about that one for a while. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Brian. Sure, see you. We're not picking on you, John. No, just not saying. at all. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> I dislike the Muppets. Muppets. He's got some issues. I dislike them. I don't like to say I hate them. What do you think about Boy Scouts? They're fine. Okay. My daughter's a Girl Scout. Small children? You like small children? You have one. Um, I like my small children and most other small children. The ultimate question. You hate the Muppets. What about puppy dogs? Oh, puppies are the best. Okay. Just want to check it. I'm just wondering here. I don't think Muppet dogs and puppies are equivalent, but Deep okay. dive, as Mike Heller would say. Deep diving. Uh, Tom Silverstein will talk about Eagles, Packers next on Lucas in the Morning.
were definitely some throwaways today. And, uh, you know, we had a few where we just weren't on the same page. So we got to clean some things up. You know, there's times in this game I felt like I was in a really good rhythm. And then times where I felt like we were all a little stagnant. So we got to keep finding ways to stay in that rhythm because I feel really good about the offense and the potential. But uh, potential has got to start getting closer to the actual performance. A self-assessment. From quarterback Aaron Rodgers, welcome back to Luke's in the Morning with John Adias. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Central, Tom Silverstein. Tom is brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Good morning, Spoon. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. How would you assess Aaron Rodgers after three games? Uh, I would say that he has been inconsistent, uh, He's, but he's done enough for them to... Uh, to win games, I mean, really, they're pl- he's playing to the defense right now, just not making any mistakes, trying not to turn the ball over, make any real bonehead mistakes. But at some point, this offense is going to have to open up. They're, you know, the defense isn't going to be able to hold a team. You know, there's going to come a game where they can't hold a team to 16 points, and then the offense, it's going to be on the offense's shoulders. And right now, I haven't seen any signs that they can do that. And I still see some, uh, I don't, I, disconnect is too strong of a word, but maybe just not enough connection between Rodgers and the offense. Uh, he, it just seems to be a little bit more of a hodgepodge instead of, Matt LaFleur's true system. Is this part of the transition? Because I was going to say, what's the biggest obstacle uh, for this offense right now as far as getting to be more consistent in its its overall game? Um, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's figuring out uh, how it can spread the ball around a little bit and and do something with it, not just spread it for the sake of spreading it and get it to people who can do something with it or, or scheme some people open because, you know, you, you get one, maybe two good plays out of uh, Valdez Scantling. Uh, the run game was solid, but not spectacular against Denver. You know, you get a, a play out of Danny Vitale. That was pretty important, but, you know, we're not seeing, uh, eight catches here, seven catches here, six catches here, or, you know, what we're used to, which is 11 catches for Devontae Adams and him getting in the end zone. He hasn't gotten in the end zone yet, and that's a big deal because he he hadn't gone three weeks without scoring since 2015, so that's a long time. Does it come down to, as well, for the offense, uh, they just have to make better adjustments because it seems early on, if you get some of those scripted plays, that, that seems to work well. But once they get away from that, it, it, it appears that that's when the offense starts to stall. Would you agree or what do you see? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think in the early going, uh, Roger seems to run it the way it's intended, adding a few uh, really good aspects of his game, like, getting the Broncos to jump off sides, uh, checking into a play to get the ball to Adams when, you know, Chris Harris is playing way off him, things like that. But I think then somehow they get off track. And I don't know if it's because Rodgers starts to make too many calls 
or it's just the teens are adjusting to what they're doing. And- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the Packers just aren't good enough at what they're doing to uh, withstand that. There seems to be a higher number of, of Aaron Rodgers' throwaways already this year. Is that, again, something with within the context of what LaFleur wants him to do instead of trying to extend plays, just, you know, throw the ball away and, and you know, pick it up on the next down. It, how do you see that? Have you noticed? Has it been noticeable to you? Well, he had a, he had a good number of throwaways last year, and he's always going to throw it away rather than try to fit it in because he doesn't want to throw an interception. You know, inter- interceptions are uh, absolutely um, disease to him. So he's going to stay away from that as much as possible. I do think that uh, in this offense, they have a lot of, they run a fair amount of bootlegs. And from what, you know, I've been noticing is that they don't always work and there's an end there and he's got to get rid of it. And so there's, there's so many, uh, I don't know, there's so many prescribed routes and things that it, it doesn't seem like it has the same scramble ability, that, that offense, but they've also faced uh, some good pass rushes over the past three weeks. Yeah, that's a good and point. that has something to do with it, too. Yeah, I mean, the defenses that they've, they've had to line up against, I mean, they're better than the norm, better than average. Uh, the injury is going to be a factor at all for Thursday, and I see Lane Taylor might be done for the season, and Jimmy Graham is, is injured again. Yeah, but you know, for um, comparative to where this team usually is, they're in great shape. I mean, they they've only got uh, one guy, Jimmy Graham, who may not play. You know, who's active right now? Yeah, Lane Taylor's on injured reserve. He's going to need surgery on his biceps. But Elton Jenkins stepped in and did a pretty decent job. I. I can't remember them being this healthy three okay. games into the season. And so, uh, you know, they don't really have that excuse. Philadelphia is pretty banged up, uh, you know, and both teams are coming off Sunday games. So I, I don't know what to expect on Thursday. Yeah, so I mean, that's be... – but that's the, the can of worms that the NFL opened up by playing games on Thursday nights. It is, totally. I, you know, it 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 breeds – not very good football. Yeah, you know. And no, so. and but these are big, and it's an important game, probably more so, definitely more so for for Philly. I mean, because they yeah. struggled out of the gate. It is, but it's really important for the Packers, you know, for one to um, stay stay up in the division, but also you know make some hay in the NFC too, if if they're going to you know make the playoffs or, you know, if it winds up being a wild card, they need to be uh, beat everybody they can in the NFC. So this is a pretty big game. And then they got a, a big one after that at Dallas. So. No, quite, that, Yeah, that could be a huge game. We're not going to see, we're not going to see the old Jimmy Graham ever, are we? That guy is gone. No, no, he's done. Um, I, injuries are starting to catch up with him. And, you know, that's a sign of age. Uh, I think, 
what you have to do with a Jimmy Graham is figure out what his limitations are and then try to get what you can out of what's left and stop trying to think that he's going to beat people down the field, down the middle of the field. Get him in a position to help you where he can help you. And, and that's what I think they have to do with him the rest of the year. All right, Spoon, we'll talk to you on game day Thursday morning. We'll break down the Eagles and the Packers. Talk then, all right? Sounds great. Tom Silverstein, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Tom, brought to you by Metro Ford, Metro Kia of East Madison. Now we're going to open the phone lines to you. Where are we going to, we're going to gamble on this. Our phone number is 608-321-1070, 608-321-1070. Who's got the better chance of reaching the pot of gold at the end of their respective rainbow? The Packers going to the Super Bowl? The Brewers going to the World Series or the Badgers going to the college football playoffs? How's that? That's good. Again, who's got a better chance of getting to the pot of gold this year as of what, as of now, as what we've seen out of these teams now? Brewers, World Series, Packers, Super Bowl, Badgers, college football playoffs, 608 We'll take your calls next on Lucas in the Morning. Yeah, we've played, uh, you know, a couple playoff teams already from last year. Good teams, good defenses that we've beat. So it's been a winning recipe so far. But it, like I said on the field, if we want to ultimately get to where we all dream about going to, we're going to have to play a little better on offense. That was Aaron Rodgers. What was he talking about, what we all dream about going to? All dream about going to. Oh, maybe the Super Bowl for the Packers? That would be... The pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for the Packers. For the Brewers, it would be the World Series. For the Badgers, it would be the college football playoff. So our question to you, our loyal listener, our patrons today is, who's got the better chance of getting to that pot of gold? Badgers? Brewers? Packers? 608-321-1070. 608-321-1070. Who we got, John? Brian and Lake Mills. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Good morning, guys. Uh, pot of gold. The order would be Brewers in third. I just don't think uh, the Dodgers are just way too good this year. Um, then you're you're going to have to go to the Badgers at number two just because they haven't really faced anyone and they haven't done anything on the road. Um, Michigan is not who we thought they were, um, and neither is Northwestern's not going to be a test this weekend. So you can't really, you don't really know what the road Badgers are like and what road cone is like this year to be able to make that statement right now. And with them having to probably face Ohio State twice, and neither of those games are going to be at home, um, I, I just can't see um, it happening. But I still think the Badgers are going to finish up. If they run and only lose two games to Ohio State, they're probably going to be ranked maybe top 15. The reason I say the Packers is because the offense is only going to get better, and I think the defense hasn't hit their their peak yet either you're you're looking at savage and amos who are who are new to the backfield savage is a rookie so he's just he's only going to get better you got gary starting to get better and and he's healthy and that the defense is is gelling so and they got the two homers they got those uh division wins already in their back pocket so i think that the packers and also because in the nfc um, it, it seems a little bit weaker this year. Um, I, I think the Packers have the best best chance 
Great call. I loved your reasoning. Thank you so very much. Uh, join us again sometime later. I mean, that, that was, he hit all the hot spots with that. And he explained himself all really the, well. Yes, unbelievably so. Like he, the Dodgers and the baseball deal, the facing Ohio State twice in college. It made sense. 608-321-1070. Who's got a better chance of getting to the pot of gold this year? Brewers, World Series, Packers, Super Bowl, Badgers, college football playoff. Who do we have next? Up next is Rhino. Rhino, go ahead, Rhino. Hey, guys. So, Mookie, I think out of the three options that you've given, the, the Badgers are probably the, the longest shot, only because I think it's the hardest thing to do is get into the college football playoffs, especially if you have one loss. They're going to have to win their conference title just to have a shot to get in, especially with teams like Clemson and Alabama right there. The Brewers, that's an extremely long shot to reach a World Series without having Yelich, but in baseball, the playoffs are a completely different season. Anybody can get hot. Anybody can go on a run. But right now, today, the way the Packers' defense is playing and the fact that we have yet to see the best out of their offense, I think they actually have a legitimate shot of making the Super Bowl, especially if Aaron Rodgers can get back to being the regular Aaron Rodgers that we're used to seeing. Super call. Appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Man, oh man, two for two. What happened to the listeners here? I don't know. I'm I'm so impressed. All right, one more, one more caller. Who do we have? Randy in Cambridge. Hey, Randy, how are you? Good. How are you, all? Good. Go ahead. What do you got? Well, I'm taking the pa- uh, the Badgers to uh, make the playoffs. Now, my reasoning is, if you look at the Packers, they could just as well easily be on three compared to three and all, realistically. And as far as what I'm seeing out of Lafleur's offense, it, it's it's not much different than the McCarthy offense, especially when you get down on the one-yard line in your first play. Is, I don't know if that's a Rodgers call or if that's a LaFleur call, but your first play is a pass to the end zone. I just don't I don't think the Packers are what everybody feels that they are. Um, Rodgers is mediocre at best right now. And uh, the Brewers, as much as I like to see them go, I, you know, they're sitting in second place as far as what my picks would be for them. Okay, okay, hey, love the call. Thank you so very much for contributing. Man, that was as good as open open form segment we've ever had. Uh, we, we probably just should stop while we're ahead, right? We'll never take another phone call. We, you can't top those three callers. You can't! They were all spot on We're either going to stop because it's too bad, yes. or we stop because it's too good. It is so good. That was so good today. Give yourself all an applause. Props to each one of our callers. Jeff Patrikas joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Intended rule and purpose behind it, I think everyone would agree with. And then, you know, anytime you get into how does this apply? I think there are times where there's unintended consequences. It would be Paul Chris talking a little bit about the targeting penalty in college football. Joining us now on Lucas in the Morning, Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are we doing this morning? I know you wrote about the problems the Badgers will have in the first half Saturday against Northwestern without two of their safeties, who both uh, were guilty of targeting penalties on Saturday. How do you... Uh, I mean, the Pearson thing was a no-brainer, right, for the officials? you gotta, yeah. you got to flag them and inject them. The first one was a little bit more iffy, but college football has gone out of its way, especially the Big Ten, in trying to condition players and or coaches and or fans to 
eliminating the head the head from contact, and if you don't, you're going to get penalized. Is that how you see it a little bit? Well, yeah. They, they, I mean, player safety has become a, 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 a you know significant goal, and I think most coaches understand that, and that's what Paul said. The the issue I've always had with this, and it, it came, it was an example against Saturday. Anybody who's ever watched the game or played the game could see Reggie Pearson sit and said, "Okay, that's the intent of the goal of the rule to get those hits out of the game." The one with Burrell, that's not what the rule was designed to eliminate. Not when he's got his arms open to wrap up. He's going, and if he, where he's as he starts his motion to make a tackle, he's probably going towards the guy's midsection. As he's in motion to make the tackle, the kid decides to slide, and that doesn't slide really well. So he doesn't he doesn't get down all the way to the ground. So Burrell is in already in flight and hits him helmet to helmet. That's like you get up on a, a diving board, the springboard, you go jump up in the air and they drain the pool while you're in the air and you're supposed to not hit the ground. It, you physically can't do it. And I would like to see them just allow the replay official to say he wasn't intending to go at him that way. You have to be able to do that. I was well, say, why can't they make that change? Why, why is it taking so long? They won't. We've seen, they, they, they won't they don't want to take, they don't want to, they won't, they don't want to rule intent and they don't want to, they you know, put the power in the official to make that decision, except, you know, you 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 make subjective decisions as a referee on every play. Was that a hold? Was that interference? Etc. You know. So I, if you're going to eject a guy, if you're going to eject a guy, and and you're trying to get that out of the game, you, in my opinion, and I've said this from day one, not just from this weekend, you have to try to understand. You have to look at it and say, part of the responsibility was on what the offensive player did. No, I think you raise a good point in that situation. The quarterback slid late. On top of it, so I mean that has, but that has to factor into the, your thinking if you're going to allow your officials to judge intent and that and they're or trying, right, or if you want to if you want to you know, for example one you would argue is a, a really severe hit correct the other one is iffy if if you want to do that you know soccer has a system yellow card red card well college you, basketball has flagrant one yes. flagrant two. Yes, why can't you just incorporate something like that? And, and that's why I brought up the question to Paul yesterday because, you know, he said we talk about a lot in the offseason. And I, I would hope something like that has come up. And if it hasn't, it will. And at some point, it will be implemented because there's no reason you can't do it in the sport because some hits are simply more egregious than others. So, how does the loss of Burrell and Pearson for the first half, at least, uh, affect Wisconsin defensively? You know, obviously, you, you, it, it's, this is, as, as Paul would say, this is not cutting edge, okay? You, you don't want to have two starters out, okay? But, you know, I look at it, and Northwestern is struggling so much on offense. They're, they're not running the ball consistently. Their quarterback, Hunter Johnson, a transfer from Clemson, who they're really excited about, is, you know, less than 50% completion rate, uh, far more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, Pat Fitzgerald was really upset with the offensive execution against Michigan State. Now, you know they're going to come in and play hard, okay? They always play with – it's a great rivalry, okay? But I just – I don't know that we're going to see a significant effect because just because of how Northwestern's struggling on offense, you know, for, for one half. That's a good defense, though. Uh, Mike Hankowitz, 71 going on 72, uh, puts together a good scheme. They don't change much, and maybe that's – Part of the reason they've been so successful over the years, the consistency. 
Well, the, the guy, there's nothing he has not seen. You're not going to throw any offensive scheme at him that he hasn't seen or prepared for at some point in his career. But just when it comes to can Northwestern capitalize for one half on the absence of the starting safeties, I just don't think they have the big enough, they can make big enough plays to do it. Fair enough. We'll talk more about the matchups on Thursday. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys. Take care. Jeff Patrikas, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Last call next. Lucas in the morning. Somebody's gonna come undone. Well, we just take ninety hours and play Wii and golf all week. I mean, yeah. I mean, I. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I I go into every game plan expecting it to work. To be quite honest with you, I, I understand there's forty thousand experts on Twitter that can call plays for me. So. My email address is hashtag I don't care. Okay, so shoot that out. We got to be better, uh, and we're going to work to be better. So anybody that's negative, I respect it, and I don't care. Oh yeah, well, Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. Last call. I think he just talked about Mike Keller. There are forty thousand experts on Twitter. Was he referencing Mike Keller? Good morning, Mike. How are you? Uh, good morning, Luke. I, I was thinking he was referencing you at the end. You don't care. No, I don't care about you. I care about Pat Fitzgerald and what he thinks. That's what I think. I, I, John just informed me that you stole our question of the day. Is that I did. True? Yeah, I did. Well, you guys used the question, us... but you didn't. You didn't make it a poll question. You just made it a question. Yeah, so had... uh, I just took your question and made it a poll question. Good by you guys. That was a really well put together question. And then you stole it. And then you don't say thank you or no, anything yeah, like yeah. that. You're just like, that's a good credit. question. And what? I stole it. Have I, has my mic been turned on prior to right now? Thanks for writing a very good question. I took your question, made it a poll question. Good on you. All right. So how would you answer the question? The, the question to some effect was uh, which one of the three teams in the state of Wisconsin have the has the best chance of reaching the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow brewers world series packers super bowl badgers college football playoff answer uh yeah i would say the the packers do i would mm-hmm. say the packers do yeah i think that's, yeah. that most people would say that uh how about your brewers you got any chance of extending the yeah of course postseason? they do they yeah shoot i mean they're, they're gonna play looks like they're gonna play tuesday night game one week from tonight so um yeah they they've got a they've got a puncher's chance all right thanks mike thanks for listening lucas in the morning judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.